we're here. We did it. We made it another week. We did. I have a smile on my face. I managed to not, you know, I, I got the tear stains out of my cheeks and my clothes and all that good jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did my best, at least. If you can, it's a little wet there still. That's fine. Welcome to the award-winning podcast on and off the field with Durf and Dylan. Now brought to you by Fast Track Cannabis Clinics of America and Guerrilla Marketing on NSPN Next Gen Sports Media. We have to go, 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 because this show is more star-studded than the new animated Super Mario Brothers casting, all right? This show is the one. It's a pretty good line, isn't it? I write That's that a pretty good down. line, yeah. Write that down for you, sorry. Here we go. All right. That's why we win awards, folks. <laughs> all right. So we got to get going. So Durf's going to tell everybody how to floss, which is follow, like, observe, subscribe, and share. This segment brought to you by the one and only Stefan Diggs. Durf, let them know how they uh, can help floss. All right. Well, you can follow, like, observe, and share on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, as well as subscribe to our YouTube and our Twitch channels, all by searching at OOTF Podcast. Make sure to click the link in the video description. That will take you to the new merch store and all of our social media and podcast platforms. And check us out on the radio. We are on Sound Machine FM every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But there's so much talent on the network for you to check out all week long. And last but not least, make sure to head on over to Facebook and Twitter and give a follow of team having of the Team Having Fun community to partake in all the good memes, live shows, and tomfoolery that goes on every day. That's how it is. Absolutely. How are you, sir? Welcome in. Welcome in. Hope you're doing just dandy. All right. So we have an extremely, extremely, extremely special (laughs) guest. For our off-the-field segment, which we're starting with the the off-the-field segment, we are going to be welcoming... Welcome in, and I'm, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. Thea Zunik from the Jed Foundation. The Jed Foundation is amazing. We're raising money for them with our um, uh, fantasy football league right now. So we're going to bring her in, and we're going to talk about the amazing work that happens over at the Jed Foundation. Hello. Hi, and 100% you got my name right. I'm so excited about that. Nailed it. Well, I, done. I have no, well done. I'm not a professional in this field. That's just a lucky guess. <laughs> but, but I'll That's take all lucky right. We're guesses. all just aspiring professionals, aren't we? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. What do they say? Traits of something of many and master none, something like that. What? Absolutely. Whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> well, thank yeah, you sorry. so much for joining us. We couldn't be more thrilled that um, you reached out to us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. So, the first, first and foremost, I just want to know a little bit more about yourself and what you do with your work over at the Jed Foundation. Absolutely. So uh, my name is Thea Zunick, and I serve as the manager for community engagement at the Jed Foundation. And as the manager of community engagement, if I were to boil it down to a really simple idea, is I help people who want to help us. And that's either through volunteering with the Jed Foundation, fundraising, donating, sharing our social media posts, just saying, hey, have you heard about the Jed Foundation? They're pretty awesome. Let me tell you what they do. And those are just a few of the things that I do as my main job. And then I also serve as our liaison to fraternities and sororities who have really come into the forefront to support and promote mental health within their organizations. Well, I guess that's that's, awesome. 
guess that's why we got hooked up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds that sounds perfect. You guys hiring? No, I'm just <laughs> Actually, we are. Oh. Um, it's funny. It's funny that you said that because um, we our our staff has grown significantly during the pandemic, and in our five year strategic plan, there's plans to build all different areas of our team. So. For anyone listening, if you're interested in a career in nonprofit mental health, um, there's some good stuff up right now. Okay, spru- guys, got, got to spruce up the resume, I guess. I haven't touched that thing in a hot minute. <laughs> I'll help you out. <laughs> All right, appreciate it. <laughs> um, so for those who might be watching this now, listening later, what is your best description of the Jed Foundation like what brought you in? What's the thing that hooked you on to the Jeff Foundation, the description that you would give everybody? Sure. So we have a pretty succinct mission. Our mission is to protect emotional health and prevent suicide for teens and young adults in our nation. And in this day and age, I came from a background of working with college students. I could see every single day that mental health was a conversation topic that became more and more prevalent and something that young people right now are really into talking about. And for them, being mentally healthy is just as important as being physically healthy. And it's really inspiring just to kind of see how the way that we work with colleges and high schools and direct youth campaigns and some consulting projects is actually making a difference. Um, I like the fact that we're an evidence-based organization. We're not out there saying, this sounds good or this seems good, so we're just going to do it. We know it's good. We know we're making an impact. And the statistics that we're able to pull from the data that we collect is really astounding. Just the ability to see that we know we're, we're doing some good stuff here. And that's one of the reasons why I love working for the Jed Foundation. And I just love the relationships that we create with all different people who are interested in working with us. I mean, I don't know how many other like fantasy football podcasts are working with uh, mental health organizations or nonprofits, but like, we're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's figure out what this looks like. Try, try and touch yeah. that toe into the sports world a little bit. We'll try a little bit. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I know, Very I know cool. I don't want to speak for Durf too much, but I know for myself, I mean, mental health is so important. It's something that I've struggled with myself since high school, which is why when I found the Jed Foundation in the first place and they focused on, you know, kids in their teens and in colleges, I was like, man, either I didn't know Jed Foundation existed or, you know, I just missed the ball on this or I don't know. I I just missed out because that just sounds it sounds like something that I needed back then. Yeah, so the Jet Foundation um, was founded in 1998, and we've really been doing our work for 20 years. Um, we're named for the son of Phil and Donna Seitao, who did die by suicide um, in 1998. And, you know, the parents came together with the president of the university and said, how did this happen? What could have been done? And back in the 90s, mental health was not really something that was talked about. It wasn't considered. Resources weren't dedicated to it. Um I think it was known that it was important, but it was a very behind the scenes, quiet thing that you just didn't talk about. And through through this work that the Jed Foundation has been doing and just the prevalence of people who struggle with mental health or even taking care of your mental health bec- before it becomes a problem and helping schools, um, both high schools and colleges, create strategy on how to support their people while they're in school. And so it's still new. We're still signing on new schools every day. And we have some really 
impress some goals for the amount of campuses and high schools we want to work with in the next couple of years. But we're, we're seeing schools contact us every day saying, we're learning about your work. We want to work with you. How do we do that? Yes. So that's um, something I've always kind of wondered a little bit in the details is, you know, you work in schools, but when a school contacts you or you contact them and you get everything set up, what does it look like in the school? Is it resources? Is it, you know, counselors in the school? What's it kind of look like? So our, our goal is to really make sure that the school is assessing their approach to mental health and suicide prevention. And then we're going to help them orchestrate a culture of care to support that. And that is through a lot of strategy development. We are changing how they're approaching everything. So it's a long-term solution. When we partner with a college or high school, we do a comprehensive assessment, both qualitative and quantitative, which just means we're collecting numbers and we're collecting meaning and stories. And once we learn all about that school, we then sit down with an interdisciplinary team. And that's one of the keys for us is that everybody is part of the solution. It's not just the counseling center, but it's also, you know, the custodial staff. It is public safety. It is the counselors on, on schools. Everybody is a part of the solution, the students themselves. And we give them a strategic plan. And depending on whether it's a high school, which we generally work with them for about two years, or college, which we have a four-year traditional program, and we're rolling out a two-year program, we then work with them to help them implement the strategic plan. And at the end, they graduate from our program, but there's still tremendous access to us, resources. We develop learning communities where schools can network together and say, okay, here's what we're working on, what's working for you, or we're having a problem with this. Does anybody have a solution to that? What works for you? Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a comprehensive relationship, and it really makes a difference. And we know by reassessing at the end that the students do have a different experience at their school once we're done working with them. That's, uh, that's incredible work. It's a lot of work yeah. by the sounds of it. It's incredible work. Oh, yeah. I mean, we know that the students who are reaching out for help, I mean, there's more students getting help. There's less students being popularized hospitalized. Um, all of the statistics that we pull is statistically significant. Um, we have an external auditor at Columbia that works with us. So we have somebody like checking our data also. Um, I'm like super data nerdish. So for me, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. So do you play fantasy football then if you're in a data? It seems like your kind of thing. I don't, I don't play fantasy football. Here's oh. my thing. I struggle. I struggle because I'm like, but I, I can't root against my team. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> That's where, like, I I see people and I'm like, why are you rooting against your quarterback? They're like, because of my fantasy team, you know? And I was like, I just, I can't, I can't do it. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. <laughs> that, that I know. Your fake team is more important than the real one that you've been rooting for for like 20 years <laughs> yeah. of your life. I mean, listen, I, I, I love the NFL. I love college football. Um, I, I, I'll share my teams openly. It's okay. Um, Giants fan, regardless of how terrible we are. Um, second favorite team are the Packers, which it works because different conferences. And then I'm a Florida Gator fan because I actually went there. So it makes sense. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, go Gators. Were you with the Gators <laughs> when they won their championship with the whole Tebow era? Oh, I was there. I was there when Chris Leak won our first championship. I was there when Tebow won his Heisman. And then I had graduated, but I went down to Gainesville the year that Tebow played in the championship. 
That's Man, awesome. those are some really those, awesome yeah. years. Yeah, those must have. How could awesome. you not be a fan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, being in that area around that environment. Well, yeah, absolutely yeah. wild. I used to watch games at a place called the Swamp. Um, I do understand that they have taken it down, but it was an iconic place to watch games and some good memories there. Nice. Oh yeah. Old days. Oh yeah, back in the day, you know. <laughs> back in my day, Tim Tebow played college. Back in my day, you could actually watch Tim Tebow on the TV playing sports. Yeah, not in the booth or something. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah. Uh, so last but not least. Um, just for anybody who wants to help, what are the best ways for people to help the Jed Foundation financially, volunteer work, anything at all? What's the best thing to do? I'm glad you asked. There are so many ways for you to support the Jed Foundation. Um, so the, there's a couple of things you can do. So we always accept people to volunteer for us. If you go to our website and just type in volunteer, it'll be the quickest way to get to the form that we have. Um, if they are like super committed and really involved and have some ideas, they can email me directly. Um, my email is easy. It's just my first name, Thea at jedfoundation.org. Um, fundraising for us, there's tons of ways for people to financially support us and do know to go to charitynavigator.com and check us out. We are probably one of the highest rated, most transparent nonprofits out there. 80% of all of the money we bring in goes directly to programming. Um, we don't do like swag bags and t-shirts and stuff like that. Cause we want it to go right to helping students. Um, and to be able to support all these schools, it takes a lot of income. And so whether you just want to say, you know what, I'm going to commit to donate $25 a month and that's all I can do. That's incredible because think about if I had a whole bunch of people doing that or you're like, mm. I'm good at the end of the year. I got my bonus. I'm going to give a little piece of that to Jed. You could do that. We have employer matching programs. Sometimes people like to do fundraisers for us and they have a good time. I was just talking to some people who are doing a pickleball tournament and all the money that they bring in from registration fees are donating to us. And then people who have businesses, um, they often, you know, carve out an item or, or a day and they donate royalties. Listen, anything helps, whether it's a dollar or a thousand dollars. We are grateful for whatever it is that people give us because there's also that recognition and just even sharing our resources. If you have an Instagram account, follow us. There's some cool stuff on there. One of my favorite things to do is repost our stuff and you never know who's going to read that message we put out that day that really needed to see that. And it might change the course of their day and their life. Social media is a powerful Absolutely. tool. Oh yeah. 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 It could be used for good and then not so good. <laughs> the, the dark side of social media too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, yeah. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Learn so much and we'll continue to learn and, this podcast will continue to be a supporter of the Jed Foundation for a long time. Yeah, well, we appreciate it so much. And, you know, just keep doing some great stuff, having fun and sharing our resources. We really appreciate it very much. Absolutely. And thank you for all you do. And uh, I'll I'll pray for the Giants. <laughs> you need it. I'll pray it for might a be quick too, death. It might be quick. too far gone already for the year. There's always next year. <laughs> yeah, there's always you keep that positive thinking going. There's always next year. That's right. It's all about oh. the mental health. Gotta protect that. 100 yeah. <laughs> percent Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you so much for having us on the show today. Um, and I look forward to being in touch. Yeah, absolutely. 100 yes, percent Thank you. All right, bye, friends. Goodbye. Bye.
I want to ask like a billion more questions. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're on a yeah. stupid time limit. But I, we could I, I, we could just sit there and chat about everything for yeah no, a whole awesome. hour. That could easily be an hour show just in itself. And maybe it will be one day. Maybe we'll just never you know. know. We'll wait for the Bills bye week. <laughs> and we'll just say you know the nfl doesn't matter this week we'll just uh we'll just we'll just talk about the jet foundation again that'll be that'll be a great uh, show do a fundraiser show there you go i'll write all this down right now Hold ideas on. yeah let me just write all this down real quick all right so before we talk about football one last thing we need to do the votes have been tallied the flaky final has been completed it's over. It's done. Stop the counting. The flaky finals. No more recounts. No more. There's no recounts. There's no audits. There's no. It's just it, what has happened has happened, whether the people like the result or not. And what I'm about to show you may shock some. Throw it up on the screen. Our on and off the field dessert debate. It came down to birthday cake. And chocolate chip cookies. Drum roll, please. Thank you. <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. Oh, all right. <laughs> By a wide, wide margin of thirteen to two, all which right. is, which is kind of what I expected. Yeah, I mean, chocolate chip cookies just ran they, with this entire thing. Like, they were the number one seed that actually got it done. Yeah, they they just destroyed the competition all the way through, and it's unfortunate for the birthday cakers. Birthday cake's good, but like chocolate chip cookies are just the thing. You know, you dip them in milk, and they're just soft and gooey. <laughs> you can eat them whenever, wherever. Yeah. I think it was just, uh, you know, birthday cake just got outmatched, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it did, yeah. So we'll, we'll celebrate chocolate chip cookies somehow because this is the official dessert of on and off the field <laughs> until until the next round. Until next year. Until next year. We'll, we'll run it back, and chocolate chip cookies will be the one seed, and we'll try and redo the bracket, and we'll see what happens. There we go. Oh, I got to save this. There we go. Let me, uh, boop. And then last but not least, we actually have, like, a new website. It's not like it, oh. it's a it's an interesting website, and okay. I implore everybody to uh, go to it just to check it out and let us know what you think. You can actually sub subscribe on this website too. Interesting. So this is our new website on out the field. It's got a fun little description here that they just pulled from Anchor, which is actually not accurate. But then you have our episodes. <laughs> you can subscribe right here, um, right there. And you can get emails nice. when new episodes are posted. It has links to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Castro, just the RSS feed, which is weird. But uh, there's all the episodes. You can view more. You can contact the show from here. You can le you can look at the reviews and leave a review on this website. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it's pretty incredible stuff. And best of all, it's free. This website's free for us. I just, yeah. thought, I thought I just mentioned that. It was cool. Uh, so this is like a self. This is like a plug for PodPage.com. If you look, if you're looking to just have a simple website made for you mm -hmm. for free, PodPage.com. Very nice. This was free, and I had it took me like I just had to enter some information, and that was it. So that's cool. There you go, folks. 
If you're a podcast like that. For, looking for a website. Easy peasy you. lemon squeezy. Ex- couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> What's up, boys? What's up, Brandon? Oh, so great interview with Thea. Absolutely. But now it is time. It is time to talk about some football. Yeah. So since we only have an hour on this show, we have kind of redesigned this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, buddy, we redesigned this show a little bit where we're not going to talk about every single... If you want us to talk about your team, let us know in the comments. But other than that, we broke this down into three categories. The good, the bad, and the who cares. <laughs> and the who cares don't get a lot of attention, as you might obviously think. So <laughs> we'll start with the good, of course. Obviously, no, we have right. to start with the good. And right at the top of the list... Start us out strong, Durf. Washington went oh, to yeah. Buffalo and got absolutely curb stomped, forty-three to twenty-one. Oh, absolutely! That score is not anywhere close to how the game actually went. Very true. There was a couple score. You know, the first two scores, I wouldn't say Washington had. Uh, it was a weird screen that caught Buffalo's defense sleeping, um, and then Taylor Heineke just was like, "I'm not going down attitude," and just like stretched out to the pylon to get the second score. Um, there was a weird onside kick from Washington that I was like, how did the Bills actually do that? But I think those are like simple mental mistakes, you know, that they're going to, I think they're going to work on this week. And I think Buffalo will be fine. But the offense just like was, it was just about at will basically. Um, you know, Josh Allen looked like, you know, above peak Josh Allen, I think last year. And, you know, he had four touchdowns plus another rushing touchdown. Um, the run game was there to support. I wouldn't say they relied on the run game a ton. Um, but everyone at the beginning of the year is Washington's defense, Washington's defense. And I don't know. I mean, yes, Chase Young was super close multiple times against Josh Allen, but that's that where Josh, Josh Allen's Allen. touchdown run. Chase Young yeah. right in his face. Yeah. Josh Allen made a little move and then scoot to the to the end zone. Um but yeah, I mean yeah, that defense for Washington might be good in the NFC East, but not so much the AFC East. Not sure when the cousin when it's coming to Buffalo, but it yeah, was a great game overall. Twenty nine on him, right? The end score yeah. that game was thirty to twenty nine. The Giants right. dropped twenty nine points. Even the Falcons only allowed what, fourteen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard other people talking about it, too. I'm glad you brought it up. Washington's defense, highly regarded heading into this season, and it's nowhere to be found right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the last two weeks for Buffalo, just real quick, um, you know, have clearly just shown that that for week one loss to Pittsburgh was a total fluke. Yeah. I think that's really – I think that's the change in how many pre- preseason games we have now. Um, so week one, everyone, you know, bills were still a little rusty and I think they're definitely, they're grooving now. So let's just keep it rolling. Yeah. hundred percent. And then look at the, look at the direction Pittsburgh's gone to. I mean, both teams just had gone two different directions between oh, uh, yeah. two weeks and weeks two and three. So mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, our next good, I, I guess the good I put is like, if the bills or the Seahawks win and then everything else is just like the good games that happened. Yeah. Basically how I put this uh, for this category, at least Uh, it was the Ravens at the lions. 
and the Ravens ended up winning 19 <laughs> to 17. The Ravens were just bad. Yeah. For like three and three fourths quarters. Even they the were, even the game winning kicker was bad. The, the entire game, besides Justin Tucker, like I, I have to give a little bit of credit here to Lamar Jackson because I like to I like to crap on him a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he he threw two beautiful passes to Marquise Brown and Marquise Brown dropped them. And that those could have been one of them could have been a touchdown and the other one would have been a huge gain that got them in the Lions red zone. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him credit on those. Where I take the credit away is that last series. Yep. The series went first down, he got sacked. And then he threw an incompletion into triple coverage. And then he mm-hmm. was just running around on third down and then just going out of bounds, losing another couple of yards. So on fourth and 19, I'd, I'd say he got lucky finding that open receiver downfield. I, I don't know why he was that wide open. It was asinine. Right. I guess I, my only guess is the Lions were just playing deeper. I don't know. They were playing a lot of prevent. Yeah. Yeah. And they just allowed just a touch too much because then Justin <laughs> Tucker kicks an absolute butte. Of 66 yards and it goes off the goal post and bounces in crazy yeah crazy that kick almost didn't happen either <laughs> i've heard conflicting stories yeah the delay of game situation yeah because the delay yeah. of game was a lot more apparent on tv some have said mm-hmm. but for those actually at the game uh, they said that the people like in the stadium, like the TV clock was going faster than the in-game clock oh, okay. is what I've been hearing. All right. I don't know how accurate that is. I obviously cannot prove that. I, yeah. I know, that's just what I've heard. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like like I know what Brandon just said. He says, you know, Alan lost his shit because yeah, Alan's a Lions <laughs> fan. Over oh, yeah. Strike out beer and part-time nerd. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure like Lions fans are just looking at that that game clock and going, "What the heck?" Like call delay a game, but you know for a fact that I can go to any football game and mm-hmm. find probably three to five scenarios where that happens. Yeah, delay a game is almost never called, almost never, unless it's unless it's on purpose. And right, the team allows it to happen. Or blatantly or obvious. Like, or blatantly obviously, like where they're still in the huddle and there's like two seconds. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Or, you know, even if the clock runs out and then they call like a late timeout, they'll give them the timeout. Right. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Brandon agrees. It's every freaking play. It's barely called. If they if they call it every time the clock hits zero, the game would never progress. <laughs> so, I don't accept that as I, I ignore that is basically right. i the delay a game garbage <laughs> just just stop it just stop <laughs> anything else on this game for you no i didn't get the i didn't see much of this game but it I don't, it just seemed like the lions are like above typical lion situations right now like they they should be better but they're just like they just fall apart the worst possible time. It seems like, um, because they've almost beaten two good teams in the last two weeks. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, maybe 
maybe uh, we'll see some better out of like late season here. But who knows? Yeah, I'm not ready to call. I'm not ready to call the Lions a good team because mm-hmm. they're obviously 0 three, and it's the Lions. But they have showed spunk, and I think this is a result of I keep believe I'm going to say it. Dan Campbell. He's yeah, just putting fight in this team. They're not good, right? But they're fighting. Yeah, and that's why they're close in these games, and they almost beat the Ravens of all teams. Mm-hmm. Who just got them beating the Chiefs? Crazy. I have a wide angle camera, and yeah, it does <laughs> seem like further this week. I don't know why. It's very weird, but it, yeah, I'm, it's a wide angle camera, so it, it makes me seem like I'm further away. Lions are falling apart when it counts. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It was on. It was, they they did well on first, second, third down, but fourth down they just let up the big play and they shouldn't have let it happen. Uh, the Chargers at the Chiefs, baby. The Chiefs yeah. dropped two in a row. What happened? What happened? Turnovers. Turnovers are making are their weakest spot right now. It seems like and the Chargers are taking advantage. You have teams that's taking advantage of this these weak spots by the Chiefs. It seems like and. Is this? I mean, it seems very overreaction, but you know, is this where the Chiefs start to fall apart? And you know, maybe this is the Raiders' year. You know, I don't know. We're gonna see that. What Monday Night Football? Yeah, see the Chargers versus the Raiders. I mean, we'll talk about picks and future games later, but that's coming up, and they're gonna be fighting for that division. Yeah, I can't believe it. Like, I, I, I started this year, even in the offseason, saying. Uh-huh. We both were saying that this this feels like a weird year for the Chiefs heading into it. Yeah, they got decimated in the Super Bowl. Yep, they redid their entire offensive line. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like they had a huge amount of threats. Like, yeah, you got you got Kelsey and Hill. Like, how long is that going to work out for before defenses can at least figure out some kind of game plan? They they are bringing in Josh Gordon, which is fun. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like there's holes now that we've. Like they're these same holes were there before, right? Like they haven't even changed it. These holes have always existed, but they mm-hmm. were talented enough to get past them. But it seems like they're slowing down, and those holes are becoming bigger and a bigger yeah. issue. I don't know. No, definitely. It's only three weeks in. So, um, the other good game I had was the Dolphins at the Raiders. What a game! That was a game, and again. Just like the Raiders when they beat the Ravens, they just have grit. I think this is another, you know, another head coaching aspect, just like Dan Campbell. I think this is just John Gruden mm-hmm. grit, toughness, and competing. And I think yeah. Derek, Derek Carr is like a young version of John Gruden. I feel like, <laughs> like, I feel like they're just those two are just meant for each other. <laughs> and these guys fought like they were yeah. up against the, the Dolphins, were up like 14 nothing early. Yeah. Raiders fight back, and then the Dolphins, you know, they fought back a little bit at the end, and then they go into OT. They exchange field goals, mm-hmm. and then the Raiders just said, we're done. We're, we're going home, and they kicked back the second field goal to win it. But what a just what a game. No, no Tua. What about yeah. the, like, what is happening with the AFC East? There is one team that's good, and the rest are all trying to figure themselves out, apparently, and riding some serious struggles. We kind of saw this coming, though, didn't we? 
little bit. I mean, I think we even saw it last year too. Yeah. I, th- I think it so. was, I think with Cam Newton, people expected the Patriots to be a little better, but Mac Jones has just gotten a little worse. Talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, and then I think the last good game I have was the Packers at the 49ers. I stuck with the yeah. 49ers to win this game, man. <laughs> I don't. I'm just as sad as 49er fans today. <laughs> You know who's not sad? Who's a 49ers fan? <laughs> but Our Jimmy boy Dan- played good. Danny Boy says they had no reason to be anywhere near close to in this game and that Garoppolo should drop a no, as he would say, um, that white or that giant piece of garbage or whatever he says. I can't remember now. <laughs> just, throw, just throw insults at him and you'll, yeah, that's it. Yep. Pretty much get it, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it was a back and forth game. It was a more surprising than I would have thought. Um, it seemed like the Packers kind of took that early lead, and then um, 49ers, you know, fought back. Um, but then, you know, apparently 37 seconds is just long enough. But not not for most teams. But apparently, the Packers, it is. I I have like no, it's just it's just Shanahan. Yeah, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's the Falcons, it's the Super Bowl with the 49ers are there against the Chiefs. Yeah, this guy just has a knack for not knowing what to do in crunch time. <laughs> oh yeah, and the the 49ers defense was physical that entire fourth quarter, even like just the second half in general. That. They were playing extremely well, especially on the outside. Mm-hmm. Like they were. That's why the Packers were struggling, and that's why the 49ers took the lead, was because that defense was clamping down, and they were playing amazing. And then 37 seconds left, they just said, you know, basically what the Lions did. All right, we'll just we'll just back up. Yeah, we'll just back up. Make sure you know, just play some prevent. Just you can't do that against Aaron Rodgers. No, because he 20 yard. 20 yards at a time. Yeah. That's exactly what he did. And man, I don't, I understand where this, like, unless you're up like three scores, right? You should not be playing prevent anything. If you're up by one point, you play defense. (laughs) Absolutely. I don't know who came up with this idea of prevent. It's just, it's (laughs) it's asinine. Yeah. I guess it's the fear of getting beat up top. But yeah, that's I'd rather get beat up top on a busted defensive play than just like letting them tear me apart for sixty yards in thirty seconds. Yeah, you know? at least at least I would go down playing defense. Right, that's how I would see it. Yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it. So those are all the good games. Now we got to move into the bad games. Mm-hmm. Now these are all based off of perspective. But the bad is like either blowout games or one of the teams mentioned, or maybe even both, where it's just like this is this was a game where this team we saw a lot of issues, and boy oh boy, we're gonna see where they go from here. <laughs> yes, I'm talking about one in specific. <laughs> but we're gonna start mm. with the Bengals at the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um 
Big Ben needs to not be the Steelers quarterback anymore. Yeah, he should they should, change, they should change his nickname to old man Ben. Did you see the clip where he basically just like threw a little shovel pass up front and then fell flat on his face? No one touched him. <laughs> yeah. I wish I would have got that clip for the show to play. Because I just want to I just want to see it again. <laughs> he is as mobile as a potato. And that's an insult to potatoes. And Jamar Chase has scored touchdowns in all three of the first three games of the season. So I think people overreacted to some of his comments and his preseason play. Yeah. And the Bengals cannot be messed with right now. I don't think. Like, tell me if I'm wrong. If, like, the Bengals, you know, they're just playing bad teams or something. I don't It seemed that it's going pretty well. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I mean, so they, they played a little close, you know, the week one, week two wasn't as close, but this week it was uh, kind of putting the foot down a little bit. And that's what you kind of need to see out of a team that keeps continues to win like this. I mean, this was, I think, the main problem we saw last year when the Steelers went that 11 and 0. They had a lot of come from behinds on bad teams, and that's not sustainable. The Bengals are, you know, they're a young team still. They're they're very much still kind of growing. I think this is really good for Zach Taylor in order to keep his job this year. Um, but Joe Burrow is looking like the clear choice out of last year's draft um, to you know help re- rebuild a franchise. So let's keep it up, Bengals. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, they beat them twenty-four to ten. I know it's not takes it doesn't take a lot to stop that Steelers offense, mm-hmm. but even the defense for the Bengals to hold them to ten points. Yeah. Both sides of the ball looking sexy. Mm-hmm. Love it. And then you, you just real quick, they even show like a lot of grit and determination and like and maturity when mm-hmm. they because they beat the Vikings in OT and I believe week one. Yeah, and Joe Burrow went on that on that drive at the end. So they have a little bit of everything right now on that team, and they're starting to pull it together. Yeah. So the Seahawks went to Minnesota (laughs) and lost to the Vikings without Dalvin Cook, 30-17. to They went up early in that game. They were up 17, you know, I think 17-10 at one point. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was, 17-10. And then the final score was 30-17. to uh, This team's second-half offense is non-existent. The first <laughs> half at times is non-existent. It's better, mm-hmm. but at, at times it struggles. Second half does not exist. The Seahawks have scored six points in the second half in the past two games. And their opponents, I believe, have scored. I did the math before. I forget now. I'm not going to bother. Whatever. <laughs> It was a lot. Like it was nineteen or twenty, I think. Okay, yeah, that's a lot. The defense is easily this. This defense is showing to be almost worse than last year. Oh boy, and that's saying a lot. And there's no signs of change on the horizon. Pete Carroll obviously had a press conference today, as all coaches normally do, and he said they played well. They threw some things at us that you know we didn't expect, but uh, I think the defense played well. That's what he said. Oh boy! So, I I witnessed, I believe, for the last time, 
I think I think this is this team's dead. To see, and it's it's week three. Oh, don't overreact. I I have not seen the offense and the defense look this bad in Russell mm-hmm. Wilson's era with the Seahawks. It's that's, atrocious. That's, that's bad. Yeah, and they didn't even have Dalvin Cook. They let Alexander Madison rush for over 100 yards. So uh, I imagine we get through this season with pretty much the entire coaching staff because Pete Carroll re- will refuse to change anything. Uh, but then the defensive coordinator will get fired. I'm sure uh, Waldron will stick around, but Pete Carroll should be fired. John Schneider should be fired. I would not be shocked if Russell Wilkes- Wilson gets traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire defense should be gutted. Bobby Wagner should be gone. The only one that should survive is Jamal Adams just because of how much was invested in the Jamal Adams. Right. But um, if you ask me anything about the Seahawks for the rest of this season, I will probably tell you, depending on the matchup, they're going to lose. And I would be shocked if they finish above 500 this year because they still have six more matches with the other three NFC West teams, and they're going to lose all six of them. All right. Wow. Yep. It's uh, not looking good for the Seahawks. <laughs> I watched a team that looked like they didn't want to play football. Like, it's just they look like they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Absolutely. Oh, boy. So, oh, boy. Congratulations to the Vikings and <laughs> rest in peace to the Seattle Seahawks. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still with them. I'm there, but yeah. it's not, it's, it's downhill from here. It's not going to be pretty. Um, so the Colts at the Titans. I put 25 to 16 strictly because Carson Wentz played like garbage and the turnovers in this game. My God. It was fumbles and interceptions and Ryan Tannehill (laughs) almost lost this game for them. Uh, But if it wasn't for Carson Wentz being as bad as he is at football and having two sprained ankles, uh, you know, the Colts (laughs) probably should have won this with how bad the Titans played. Don't know if you caught any of this one. I I really didn't catch any of it, but you know, I I heard that it, from what I've heard, Carson Wentz is just you know, he's not the answer. He is going to be one of the probably one of the biggest you know first round draft busts. It seems like to me, um, you know, I would say he's up there with Sam Bradford as when we're talking about busts for the, for quarterbacks in the draft. Um, he there's a couple seasons he looks good and you know we thought the Frank Reich you know pairing was going to help but it's just not that team is just struggling um i would rather see a rookie quarterback out there or Jacob Eason as a second year second year player um have some growing pains than hear more about Carson Wentz being just absolute trash yeah after an 0 3 start just say that this guy you know, broke something. Just throw him on yeah. IR and all the season. That's what I would. Or, do. or you know, if you're in practice and you know, you tell some rookie, "Hey, go lay over there," and then tell Carson, "Hey, sprint that way." There's something over there, and he runs and just trips over him. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying to harm the guy, but I'm, I'm not, saying I'm not saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that you should stab him with a needle and puncture one of his lungs. <laughs> But that doctor might be available over with LA. Just saying. He might have a he might be looking for a job. Oh boy. <laughs> uh the Super Bowl champion Bucks lost to the Rams 34 to 24. And it really wasn't that close. Yeah. The Rams really just 
tore apart that depleted secondary of the Bucks. And that's the number yeah. one weakness. If there is a weakness, mm-hmm. it's definitely that secondary, and it's a massive problem. The pass rush yeah. is pretty good, mm-hmm. but that secondary cannot hold up to anything. Yeah. I mean, and Brady, I thought, I mean, from what I saw, he didn't look phenomenal. You know, that Rams team, though, that, that's got to be one of the most complete teams I think we've seen this year. Um, if you, I mean, I mean, for me, you know, what are the top two teams in the NFL right now? I, I mean, I would say the Bills and Rams. Yeah. And, you know, Matthew Stafford is clearly 10 times better than Jared Goff. Uh, and he's working in this Sean McVay offense. And, you know, the Rams, you know, figured it out last year. They figured it out this year again with the Bucks, And, you know, I feel like it's maybe as much as we praise the Bucks for you know retaining everybody. Maybe that long-term reta- retention is showing some weak spots. Yeah, I know they're dealing with some injuries here and there, especially in the secondary. Their depth sucks. But, right. I mean, it's obviously they needed a, an improvement there, and probably should have let one or two guys go to pay for. You know, they brought in Richard Sherman today. No deal got done. I don't know if he's still in Tampa. But uh, they're definitely looking. He was somewhere else to trying out too. I thought. Is he? Yeah. I'm well, sure I think before the Bucks. I think before, before he went to Tampa, he went somewhere else to try out. But I don't think it worked out. Mm. Obviously. He's, he's, he. I'm pretty sure he's playing his own agent as well. So I'm sure that's going well. Um, and, and then always works so well. I don't know why I didn't just put this under who cares. I think I put this under the bad just because it was an NFC East matchup. But Dallas just absolutely destroyed the Eagles. I mean. Jalen Hurts threw two pick sixes. Oh. This this game was awful. They couldn't stop Zeke or Pollard. Dak did whatever he wanted. It was, it was so we actually got I didn't watch any of this game, so we actually got a good game out of Zeke then. Yeah, he had two rushing touchdowns. I don't know if he broke a hundred yards, but I, I he was around like eighty, and then I think they probably took him out of the game because they were beat him up so much. <laughs> it was it was disgusting. It was yeah. very bad. So the Eagles have a lot of uh, this is I finally and now, now I know I know now because, you know, last mm-hmm. week I said I didn't know if the like if the Eagles were good because they kept it close with the 49ers. But I, we know they're bad now. It's it's decided. <laughs> so where at least we can we can rest easy on that. Um, and then our last category is the who cares categories, because these games just kind of happened. I don't know what you really want to talk about. Uh, the Panthers beat the Texans 24 to 9. Panthers moved to 3 0, baby. Mm-hmm. Big, big no, fan of good. the Panthers right now. I don't know why. I just am. They had some injury. They got decimated by some injuries. They did. Um, they had a long day. But yeah, I mean, they this lost is a. JC Horn, right? For the season, he broke yes. his foot. Yep. They put him on IR. Um, McCaffrey's got a hamstring issue. Naturally. Well, yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> didn't um, see that coming? <laughs> but yeah i mean i guess the positive out of the texans that davis mills and brandon cooks are kind of a thing so maybe it'll just take a couple weeks for them to mesh and then they can get back to partially competing yeah they're competitive the first two weeks until tyrod got hurt yep so i mean the team i don't think the team's as bad as we think mm-hmm they might be able to squeak out a, a win here or there. You never know. 
maybe like three wins for the season. Who knows? We'll keep them in yeah. our thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears got beat by the Browns. Um, I don't know how the Bears even scored six points. They had net one passing yard in Justin Fields' debut because he, he threw for like uh, 80 some odd yards or whatever, 60 some odd yards, but he got sacked nine times. So if you take those passing yards and the sack yards, he had net one passing yard on the day. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. The Saints beat the Patriots 28 to 13. The Saints scored one touchdown in each quarter. It was just seven, 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 seven for a perfect score of 28. So I thought that was fun. I looked at the box score and it just saw like seven, 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 seven. seven. Oh, that's neat. That's it's fancy. Con- it's consistent. And then Mac Jones <laughs> threw three interceptions. So mm-hmm. it's not a not a great day. Uh, the Falcons did beat the Giants. So the Giants, if you're not going to beat the Falcons, who are you going to beat? It's not good. Um, I don't have anything else to really say. I didn't watch any of that game. No. The, Falcons, the Falcons won on the last second field goal. So. <laughs> yep. Cardinals at the Jags. Jags kept it kind of close, and then the Cardinals blew it open. Um, the Jaguars, the 109 yard, they the Car- Cardinals kicked a very long field goal, like 68 yards. Yep. Came up short, and Agnew for the Jags actually returned that 109 yards for a touchdown. Incredible moment. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun to watch. Gus Johnson went absolutely bananas. The announcer, the Cardinals. I think he's for the Cardinals. He's he's a fun guy. But yeah, then the Cardinals blew it open. And then the Jets got blanked by the Broncos, 26 nothing. And the Broncos are 3-0, and and all of their opponents are combined 0-9. So there you go. Do with that information what you will. <laughs> I love the Broncos, but 3-0, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So we're going to move into our week four predictions to wrap up the show. And we're going to do this a little differently, obviously. We're not going to pick all the games. Our game picks, I will work on something to put on social media so on game day everybody knows who we're picking. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure the world knows our picks one way or another. Um, but for this show, just do it a little differently. If you have a question about a specific matchup, you can let us know in the comments section. We'll give you our, our quick opinion. But we're mm-hmm. going to do three games of the week, like our games of the week. Personally, Like I'll do my three. Derek will do his. And yep. we'll, we got an upset game. That we get to pick, and then um, Durf will actually give a couple of Doppler opinions, like which games will be most impacted by weather. Yeah, and then I think that's all we got right now. But this this will probably grow. This will grow. Yeah, I didn't. We didn't have. A, we just thought about this today. Packers versus Pitt is that their matchup this week? Yeah, yeah. Packers will be fine. I don't know what you want me to say <laughs> about that. God, God bless the pittsburgh steelers i'll pray for him so my first game of the week is going to be the cardinals at the rams obvious mm-hmm. nfc west matchup they're both three and oh at the top of the division right now because the 49ers are two and one seattle one and two so this is going to be a huge game who's going to get the the major momentum heading into the rest of the season here in week four they're both powerhouse teams obviously kyler murray and Matthew ever can air it out the defenses have looked pretty good for both teams Rams have looked a little bit better. It's going to be a great game. I don't know who I'm picking. I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Rams. I've just seen the Rams beat better competition. Obviously, they just played the Bucks, So I'm going to mm-hmm. go with the Rams based off of strength of schedule so far. 
but is I am expecting a really fun game out of this. Kyler Murray being able to avoid the pressure unlike Tom Brady was. Right. It's gonna be a good game. Looking forward to it. What's your first one? We'll go back. My, all right. My first one seems kind of odd, but I I had to pick it. Um looking at the ones you picked. So I took a box at Patriots. Um Sunday night football. I think it's gonna be it's more of what the situation is going on with Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick. Um, that's where I, I, that's where the game was intriguing for me because of the storyline. Um, but the Bucks should have no issues against the Patriots. Um, Mac Jones is going to struggle against that Bucks defense. And, you know, I, if I had to pick a pick right now, I'm going to take the Bucks all day. Um, but I think it'll be, I think Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick is going to try and pull something you know, out of his sleeve here, to, you know, to slow Tom Brady down a little bit, but this is very much Tom Brady's coming into New England and destroying everything and then walking out. So that's, uh, I'm excited for that game. Yeah. Whatever the over under for that game is, I'm taking the under. I don't care what it is. <laughs> Give me 40. I'll take the under. <laughs> um, my second one is going to be the Ravens at the Broncos. And I picked this one strictly because, you know, the Ravens have struggled, and this is the first real competition the Broncos are going to see. Like I just got done saying, the Broncos' opponents so far are 0-9 on the season. Mm-hmm. So this is going to yeah. be the first one where they're going to have to, like, actually, you know, play some football. So I think the defense will be okay against Lamar. If the Lions' defense can contain the Ravens to 19 points, technically 16, then... The Broncos' defense is much better than the Lions' defense. I'm interested to see how well they contain Lamar. But my real question is, can Teddy Two Gloves, without Kenny Hamler, KJ Hamler now, he tore his ACL done for the season, mm-hmm. can that offense score enough points? Can they be productive against another team, another good defense? Because the Ravens' defense is good. So, interesting matchup. I'm going to take the Ravens, but I'm not confident. I'm not confident. All right. It's going to be a good game. I like it. Um, if they boo Brady. They they won't. They're gonna cheer because they're still in shock that they left. So they're gonna be like, "Oh, Brady's back! Oh, okay. Oh, wait, why is he wearing a different jersey? Where's your <laughs> Brady? Put your Patriots jersey on. Put no, stop. Jersey. No, go over there. Don't go over there. No, no. Oh, and then... the wrong <laughs> if they if they boo Tom Brady. I will forever hate Patriots fans. He got y'all six Super Bowls. If you boo Brady, I, I will. I'll never. I'll never. It'll be standing ovation. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. What's your next game? My second game. I uh, this one looked a little a little spicy here. Not super spicy, but it's very interesting. Uh, I went Browns at Vikings. Um, so interesting stat that Kirk Cousins has thrown eight touchdowns through his first three games and zero interceptions. And he's the only quarterback that has that stat right now to not throw a pick yet. Um, That's not true. Is it? Russell Wilson hasn't thrown an interception, I don't think. All right. I'll check for you. You keep talking. I'll check All for right. you. I'll keep talking. Um, but this it, it, it ends this weekend for sure. I think this Browns defense will tear apart Kirk Cousins. Um, the Vikings have played... I would say average to below average defenses. Um, the last few games, they're not they're they're playing a very elite defense here. And um, as long as the Browns, you know, follow, you know, stay disciplined, um, they should have no problems here. 
Um, I'm I'm interested. I'm excited to see how many touchdowns Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combined for. Um, I think the running game for the Browns should have a should have a pretty good day. Um, Vikings defense up front doesn't seem to be um, the best as what it has been, but I think it's going to be a rough day for Kirk Cousins. Um, if Dalvin Cook isn't back, then uh, I would say it's going to be worse, but. Um, I'll take the, I'm taking the Browns on this one, but I think it's still going to be a good game. Yeah, I mean, without Jarvis Landry, we saw that offense kind of out of its element a little bit because mm-hmm. I think he's the catalyst for that offense. I think Nick Chubb and they don't go through Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt. They should, but they don't. They try to go through uh, Baker, right? And, with, and without Landry, it just seems a little lacking. But yeah, I'll take mm-hmm. the Browns as well. Hopefully, Browns win, says Josh and the Ravens. He has the Ravens. And just checking for you, Kirk Cousins does have an additional touchdown. He has eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. Russell Wilson has seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Guess which other starting quarterback has not thrown an interception? Take, take I'll give you one guess. Starting quarterback, and it is shocking. Well, if it's shocking, I want to say Jimmy G. Oh, incorrect, sir. Oh, okay. Yes, he's thrown one. Oh. Daniel Jones. Oh, boy. Has two touchdowns and no interceptions. <laughs> I, I, that, okay, that's impressive, but still, it's only two touchdowns. <laughs> it is only two touchdowns, but still, that's pretty that's impressive. That's pretty that's impressive. impressive. Uh, Trevor mm. Lawrence and Zach Wilson have thrown seven each. They're in the back. Oh, right wow. Now. Yeah. So, <laughs> in my third game of the week, I'm going to have the Raiders at the Chargers. Talked about a little bit earlier. They're both, oh no, they're not both three. No, I think the Chargers are two and one. Yep. But still, both of them are very competitive right now. Two teams where the offenses are surging, defenses are very good. Chargers coming off a big win against the Chiefs. Raiders beat the Ravens and now Miami. They're both flying high, mm-hmm. but only one can win. It's going to be a great primetime game. Cannot wait. <laughs> Oh yeah, and I guess I'm. I think I'm gonna. I guess I should pick one. Um, I haven't really thought. I haven't really thought about my picks. I just like thought about the games themselves. I didn't even think about picks. Yeah, like these are all subject to change. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, I think I'm gonna have to take the Chargers. All right, interesting. I Very love nice. what the Raiders have been doing, and no hate on the Raiders. Right. I'm just for some reason I'm just still riding with the Chargers this season. I don't know why. <laughs> they all haven't right. proven to me that they should. Be good, but I should be yeah. picking them. But I just love, yeah, I just love them. Yeah, yeah. All right. So my third pick. Um, there really, there really wasn't very many games left to, that were exciting this week. When I was scrolling through this week's uh this week's schedule, I was like, oh man. <laughs> so I went with a homer pick here. I want Texans at Bills. Hell um, yeah! I'm excited for that game because you know what? We're gonna be there. It's gonna be a blast. Uh, I hope the Bills put up sixty on this team. Um, Let's do it. I don't see why they couldn't. <laughs> um, Nine sacks, just like they did against Justin Fields at the Browns. Let's just go to town. Let's just make this an absolute disaster yeah. of a, of a I, showdown. I, yeah, I want to see. I, I'll take you. I'll take six or seven sacks. And if it's, you know, let's repeat what my what they did in Miami. Um, rookie quarterback should be able to feast on that. Um, Bill secondary has been, you know, very shut down. It seems like for the most part. Um, and I'm 
wouldn't be surprised if we see Mitch Trubisky maybe end of the third, start of the fourth quarter, um, instead of maybe end of the fourth quarter like we saw last week. But yeah, I'm excited for it. I got the Bills all day. Um, when you looked at the the point spread, or was it the you know Bills are I think what 17 and a half point favorites right now? Oh, like yeah. that's the most I've ever seen <laughs> when 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 I've you know recognized that the you know how favorite someone was. Um, that's the most I've seen this year. That's three so, possessions. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> Not even two touchdowns. Three possessions. <laughs> <laughs> Not even like 16 points where it's two touchdowns or two point conversions. It's three possessions. Right. Yep. That's crazy. Um, and then the upset pick, I'm taking Carolina over Dallas. I like it. Zeke won't be able to run the ball at all. Pollard mm-hmm. might not even be able to run it. That yep. defense has just been clamping down on folks. I, I'm still have questions about Carolina's offense, mm-hmm. but if they can hold down Dallas's offense, I think they can outscore them. I like it. Um, so I did make a last minute change during the show for my upset pick because I had a couple. I made one, changed it, I made a change again because the picks I had were terrible. Um, so <laughs> we're just. I'm just gonna go Falcons over Washington. Okay. Um, I like you know that. the Giants put up on, put up a ton of points on Washington. Maybe this is this is the game where the Falcons kind of you know get their groove a little bit. Um, maybe we'll see a you know more out of Kyle Pitts. Um, Matt Ryan maybe moves a, a half a step more, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I like that as an upset there. I like it. Washington football team, their, their defense has just been atrocious lately. So who knows? You know, yeah. And then last but not least, let's wrap up the show. What games are going to have some interesting weather with Durf Stoppler? So for Durstoppler, um, so I'm looking at Sunday night game, Bucks Patriots. I'm looking at uh, Steelers at Packers, uh, Texans at Bills, and Detroit at uh, Chicago. Um, the, right now, the forecast is showing a little bit cloudy, um, seeing a stray shower or rain late. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on that as the games get closer. You know, once we get into that three day range, is when we can get a more accurate forecast. Um, but they, you know, for Buffalo, it, they said it was going to trade shower during the game and we were dry the entire time. So, um, yeah, so these games could have some weather impacting on them. Yeah. It's all East coast stuff. So wonderful. Yeah. What a Northeast. beautiful day for football <laughs> rain and we'll be there. Uh, of course, out in the rain. God forbid we get a good sunny day. Well, I think that's all we have for our show this week. Am I right? I think so. I, I mean, the only other thing I got for something else, you know, we real quick here, the Saints are going to be playing the Giants in New Orleans this weekend. That's fun. Um, so they will actually get their official home opener. That's fun. Now that they, you know, the flooding's gone, the fire's out on top of the dome, Saints are ready to go. That's Man, the Saints just can't catch a break <laughs> with their stadium luck. Right? Yeah, Katrina started it all, and then flooding and fires. Yep. Oh, Have fun of your home opener, <laughs> Saints. You guys deserve it. Jameis Winston. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us. We thank our special guest from the Jed Foundation, Thea Zunick. 
and uh, make sure y'all are going over to the Jed Foundation. We'll have so much more information on them and hopefully doing some fundraiser stuff here soon for them. Absolutely just love their organization. It's amazing. So Absolutely. Keep an eye open for the rest of our picks on social media, and we will be back next week with a hangover because <laughs> Mama didn't raise no wusses. Oh,